is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Well, well, well. I have not spoken to you in about six weeks. And that is after consistency that I'm really proud of. Episodes twice a week, every week for a year, and then once a week, every week for six months after that. So a year and a half. And I have to tell you, I'm excited to chat with you. I'm nervous. You know, it's like getting off of a bike, getting out of your routine, you know, stopping an exercise program. I don't know what job you've ever had or career, but I remember when I was a nurse, if I had time off, when I went back, I always felt a little rusty for the first couple of hours. So I feel rusty. I feel uncomfortable. Yet I'm so, so, so excited to be talking to you at the same time. So both and, you know, both are true nervous, uncomfortable, rusty, and really excited to be here with you. If you're a new listener, welcome. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you take a look at the dates of the episodes released, you'll notice that there was a bit of a hiatus, unexpected hiatus. So quick background, May 1st, uh, this is 2022. I shut down my Instagram account, newsflash, there were like 400 people that followed or something. (laughs) So it's not like I have 10,000 followers or a million. But it was an Instagram account that I started in hopes of getting some traction with BU, but also in hopes of connecting with you. I was hoping that listeners would find me on there and that I could meet you and like interact and talk about the episodes and it just didn't happen. Now, it may not have happened because I didn't give it enough time. Maybe I wasn't doing reels and all the things that they say gets the traction started. But either way, I decided to at least press the pause button. I didn't know that that was like, sort of painting a picture ahead of time of what would be to come. I had no idea. None of this was planned. And sometime in the beginning of May, and I was so sick that I don't even know the dates. That's how sick I was. Some sort of virus hit us. And I'm not like speaking in code. I mean, it it wasn't COVID. I would tell you if it was. We've already had COVID twice. It was some sort of virus, I think. Some people think it was influenza A, whatever it was. It hit my little grandson Rocco first. Um, he is two and a half and we raise him along with our oldest daughter who is a completely independent single mother and runs a business full time. So we're really involved in his life. And so first he was really sick and I was watching him 
so that she didn't have to miss work, right? Because it's it's also a situation where she's self-employed. She runs her own business and it's in the service industry. So she's a lash artist. And if she cancels and misses, one, she doesn't get paid. And two, she could lose clients. And there's no need to if I'm available, if I want to. So she doesn't ask me to. I wanted to step in. So he was very sick. I mean, really, really high fevers, really miserable, but it wasn't going away. And that's the interesting thing because he's such a healthy baby and just rarely gets sick and it has such a strong immune system and eats so well. And he just could not kick it. And then she got sick and she does have a history of lupus, which makes it a little more complicated. And she was pretty miserable for her. It was about five days. So I watched him and then I watched him again because she was so sick. And then the poor thing, I had to just like dump his sick body on top of her as she was sleeping on the couch at her house with a high fever because I started getting really sick. And I just, I could not, I could not take care of him. And she did such a great job. I don't even, you know, we talk about single moms, but I I always say there are single moms and then there are independent moms. There's a difference. Now, there's no real independent mom because it takes a village. But what I'm saying is there are women my age who call themselves single moms. No disrespect to them. But if you really think about that term, you're single and you're a mom. But single mom implies that you do it all on your own. You do do things on your own when you're a single mom. I've been one. But most people are divorced. And most people have help. And so usually it's a divorced mom who has their kids half the time or they go to the dad's house on Wednesdays and every other weekend if you live in the United States. Not all. I'm just talking about a certain number of people and they call themselves single moms. And then you've got people like my daughter who are completely on their own. They have us. But as far as the father, they're just completely not involved, like at all. And so that's the situation with her. And so if, if you are one of those people I see you and I actually really see you because I see it through the eyes of my daughter now. Shouldn't say that. I don't see it through the eyes of her. I see her. I see you through me seeing her. And I'm giving you an extra big hug and a pat on the back and a high five because it's fucking hard. It's really hard. Really, really, really hard. So make sure you create a village if you don't have one because you deserve one. So I'm part of her village and I had to just say, I can't, I love you. And I I remember how bad I felt when I went over to her little townhouse and he was asleep on her and they were both so hot. I could feel the heat from their bodies and I was just starting to get sick and I did the best I could. And then I had to get out of there. And anyway, why am I telling you the story? Because that I ended up getting sicker than I've ever gotten in my life. So I've had COVID and one time it was nothing. And the other time it was really bad. This was like 10 times worse than that. I don't know what the hell was going around or what. And I'm going to get to that. Some people say it wasn't a virus. There are people that think it has something to do with the eclipse that was going on. There was this whole portal that opened in May. I know that sounds really woo-woo and weird. I get it. Everything that we can't prove, we call woo and woo-woo. And some people get freaked out because they think that means it's like anti-love, anti-God, anti-Jesus, whatever. You know, so just take whatever you want to take, leave the rest. But there are people that say that. Whatever was going on, I was so incredibly ill. Maybe it triggered my toxins that I still have in my body from my breast implants. I'm coming up on one year since the explant. And I, what some people don't know is you don't just snap back as soon as you get them out. Like you, a lot of the symptoms were gone, but I'm still fighting some things. And it's because I still have a lot of toxins in my body. I was just tested and I have a lot of heavy metals, et cetera. And some people say that viruses can trigger that. Whatever it was, I was so incredibly sick. The pain was so bad. The body aches were excruciating. They felt unbearable. I would whimper. I would cry. It was so bad. Okay. I'm super holistic. 
I mean, I was doing everything. I mean, red light therapy. I was doing everything you can imagine, acupuncture, IVs of glutathione and zinc, et cetera. I was doing it all. And I tend to do that stuff on the regular. So it's not like I just came in at the last minute and thought I would put a fire out that had been brewing for a while. I I tend to do that regularly. And then I really amped it up. And I'm sure it helped, but it sure didn't feel like it. So high fevers that would not go away. And then they would play peekaboo. And I would it would go away for a day and then it would be back. So two full weeks of fever, times where it was 103.8, 103.9 consistently. So even though I'm holistic, I was so miserable. I didn't just start taking Tylenol and ibuprofen and I get it. I know that it's not good to take when you're sick. I understand what it does to immune function. I get all that. But I was desperate. I just needed the pain to go away. I was taking homeopathics, everything. And the pain was not going away. And I even took Vicodin. It did nothing. All it did was make me a little woozy and tired. So I'm sharing that not just to give you like an excuse for why I was gone. I'm just catching you up because I feel like you're a girlfriend of mine. And I'm I'm going to share, I should have said this preemptively, this episode, you know, is really just me sharing with you my experience over the last month. And I really hope and pray and I believe that through my story, you will find snippets that will apply to you. You know, awarenesses that came to me, ahas that I had, you know, challenges that I had. And there's a lot of big stuff that happened in the last month that I'm going to share with you. I'm sure I could have come up with an episode that was like, you know, I'm going to title up this and I'm going to, you know, share this or teach this. That's not what I felt called to do. I felt called to just talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while and you may not be my girlfriend. Maybe you're my guy friend. I do have a lot of male listeners. I haven't talked to you in a while. It's not that I think my personal life is so important that you need to hear it. It's not that I'm an oversharer and I need to share it. I used to be that person. It's that I truly believe in my heart because I really, really, really center myself and feel into what is supposed to be shared on this podcast. I know this podcast is medicine for me and I know it's medicine for you as well. I know that me sharing the insights of what has happened over the last month, there are going to be pieces that will be helpful to you. They will be prompts and invitations for you to look at yourself, to look at your life, to maybe let go of some things, to be not so hard on yourself. And whatever that is, it is. All right. So really, really sick. And while I was sick, I I told a former coach of mine, you've heard him on the podcast, Stephanos Safandos. If you don't follow him, go follow him. S as in Sam, T-E-F as in Frank. Stephanos Sifandos, S-I-F as in Frank, A-N-D-O-S. So he doesn't need a plug, right? But I'm plugging him because his content's so great. And I messaged him and said, you know, we've had this conversation. And on this podcast, you've heard expert, I'm sorry, guests, some of them experts, talking about plant medicine and ceremonies called ayahuasca, right? And I've op- very openly said I am not open to that, not because I'm against it, because I know that that's not for me at this time in my life. I am certain of it. And so we've talked on other episodes about plant medicine and what that can do and the power of that. And it's interesting because I said to Steph, I messaged him and said, you know, I've never done ayahuasca, but let me tell you, whatever the heck I was going through during those 12 to 14 days, I was so sick and the fevers were so consistent and the pain was so insanely high or intense for so long. It was relentless. There were times where I left my body. There were times where I was hallucinating. I was seeing things. I mean, there were times where, I mean, days went by and I didn't know what was going on. Times where I was so cold, I would be in scalding hot water in the bathtub. 
right? And still chilling and freezing and crying. And other times where, you know, I was laying in bed and I would see things. And I said to him, I've never done ayahuasca, but something in me, my internal GPS, like that awareness that's bigger than me, you know what I'm saying? Tells me that that might be what it's like. And so I described it to him and he said, that's exactly what it's like. And I said, you know, one thing I learned during that experience is that, you know, we talk about the fact that you are your best healer, right? You yourself are your best healer, not a therapist, not a coach. I mean, they'll hold space for you, but you, you can do the work. You can learn to regulate your nervous system. You can learn to breathe in ways that will release stuck trauma and emotions that are in your subconscious. You yourself can discover so much and experience so much to heal yourself. True. It's just true. It doesn't mean that plant medicine ceremonies and all that aren't great. But what I realized when I was so sick is that this is an example that doing those things can be beautiful experiences. I have friends that have done it, you know, 15, 20, 30 times. I also realized that it's not necessary. You don't have to do that. Whatever I experienced during that sickness was so incredibly profound for me and so huge and scary. And I made it through to the other side. And so some of what I learned I feel like someone who's like walked through some sort of an experience, a big release and a big shedding. And that's exactly what happened with me. So I'm going to share some of that. And it's interesting because before I got sick, I felt very called to my angel cards, my angel deck. I've told you about those. My friends, Sandy and Michelle gave them to me eight years ago when I was like very, very much committed to religion and the religion of Christianity only. And I was very, 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 very close-minded. And I had a lot of fear about anything that wasn't that. Don't open myself up to other things. You know, I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to look at that. Don't tell me about crystals. And it's okay if, if, you're, if that's where you are. It's not bad or wrong. That's where I was for a long, 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 long time. And they gave me this angel deck. And I was like, oh yeah, F that. Not opening that. Gross. Weird. And now I rely on it. I don't rely on it. I really enjoy using it. And it's like a trusted advisor. And so I felt called to open my angel deck. I, I don't use it very often. I mean, maybe every couple of weeks, if that. And I felt very, very, very called to open up the deck. And I pulled a card. I'm actually going to read the card to you, okay? So the card I pulled right before, actually it was before my grandson and my daughter got sick, was called Dragon's Lair. And the quotation before, the reading is, you are always protected and divinely directed. I believe that, don't you? Always, always protected and divinely directed. So that sounds good. And then I read it. (laughs) It said, you have a remarkable internal warning system that lets you know when things are out of alignment. You're about to enter dangerous territory. So tread carefully and be aware of your surroundings. The path you're on now is one that will challenge you to the core. That said, peril is also exciting and exhilarating, like the danger you feel before you enter a new relationship, knowing that you'll be changed forever. A life lived fully isn't lived only in safety. A new experience is calling to you, one that will test your courage. The choice is yours, but there is greater value in risk-taking than remaining unchallenged. New territories are waiting to be discovered. 
So it's funny because when I read that right now, it sounds very positive. But when I read that, I, I had this feeling like, oh, shit, something's coming. <laughs> Not something horrible, but just a big lesson. And lessons many times, which are gifts, are wrapped in wrapping paper that we don't like. Mouse traps, razor blades, sometimes dog poop on fire. And then you realize it was a gift the whole time, but it just sucks opening it up and experiencing it, right? So I just had the feeling, not just in my head thought a thought, but in my body, I felt like, okay, there might be some shit coming my way. Okay, so they got sick, I got sick, and I was so incredibly sick that the last episode I'd share with you was the interview with the amazing Renette Senum running for governor of the state of California. Really proud of that interview. And it was pretty, got really good feedback on it. A lot of people were excited about it, impressed by her, learned a lot. Some people didn't listen because they thought it was about politics. You know, it's such a beautiful story if you listen to that episode. And then I was so sick that I said to my husband, I have a couple of episodes that are archived. I do not have the energy nor the capacity to even go back and load them or sort of cue them up for the podcast company to edit. I also don't want to release two interviews right behind that interview. I really feel like a solo episode needs to come next. I just kind of feel it out. And I, I don't I don't know what to do. Like, I, I can't do this. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to just rerun a few past episodes. So May 23rd and May 30th, two Mondays in a row, um, I basically didn't show up. And I shared with you previous episodes. I actually took a little poll and went to the text community. So in that text community, I did say, hey, tell me what your favorite episodes are. And I got a lot of great answers. And then I went, I didn't go back. I had someone go back and look to see what some of the most popular episodes were. And so I pulled two episodes that were very, very celebrated. And a lot of people had voted for them or asked for them and replayed those. And I thought, you know what? Whatever, it's fine. Well, then I was still so sick. So sick for two full weeks. And then the week after that, I was just exhausted. Lots and lots of brain fog and fatigue. So during the weeks that I was sick, I also decided, you know what? I'm gonna do something that I've never done. This podcast has been going for a year and a half and you know one of the secrets to anything being successful, it doesn't matter what it is, is to show up. You know, my husband always says the world is run by people who show up and I so agree. And I, you have to show up consistently. And it's so important for anything, any result you want in your life. You've got to show up. You've got to show up when you don't want to, when no one's looking, when you're getting heckled, when you're getting no results, when it doesn't look like you're going to have any results. And you got to do it consistently over a long period of time, period. That is my secret to success. And I decided to do something I've never done before. And that was, you know what? I'm just not going to show up. I'm not going to show up for the Be A Podcast. Now, I'm only sharing that with you because that's one of the golden nuggets of what I learned that it's okay to do that. That when you are consistent and you do keep putting into that bank account consistently, you can occasionally make a withdrawal and doesn't hurt. No one really notices. Now, if you're not consistent and you're not making deposits consistently into the relationship or into the career or whatever it is, into your health, you can't afford to make a deposit. I mean, a withdrawal. You just can't afford to. You can't, you can do it, but there will be some sort of consequence. And sometimes you're okay with that, right? It's like when I decide to eat a chili cheese dog and have a fountain Coke. I mean, I'm not going to get struck down dead that day, but I know it's not good for me. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's worth it. I'm going to take the risk. Other times I say, no, not worth it. So I decided not to show up. For some of you, 
you're like, what is the big deal? It's a really big deal when you are a recovering, a former perfectionist, a former high achiever that has to always show up and also a codependent person who needs to be needed and who is afraid to disappoint people. So even though I've done so much quote unquote work on myself, which I have, it was also a reminder that our shit is going to keep coming up. It doesn't go away. It just doesn't come up as strong and we can redirect much more quickly after we've been doing a lot of healing work. So what came up for me was people are going to be upset. People are going to be disappointed, even like my friends or even my husband, you know, people who listen, you, I thought you were going to be like, you've got to be kidding me. I've been a loyal listener every week. You give me two reruns in a row and then you just don't show up. You didn't even tell me. I mean, I really, really, really technically should have done some sort of quick snippet that said, hey, this is what's going on, but I didn't. And I decided that I was going to be okay with it. So that was June 6th. Well, what happened after that? After that, I realized, you know what? I'm not really feeling called to do this right now. I'm not feeling the desire to podcast. I'm feeling the obligation to podcast. And you didn't put that obligation on me, by the way. I was. And you know what? I don't want to live that way. And I know that you don't want to live that way. And I don't want you to live that way. I don't want you to live from a come from of I have to. I want you to live from the come from I get to. Then you might say, well, just change your mindset. I get to podcast. At the same time, we have to check in with our heart and our body and our soul. And for me, it was a hard no. It was a hard no, even though no one else understood. I mean, my husband is my best friend and my biggest cheerleader and and just... We have such a great relationship and he is such an amazing man and he's had a lot of success completely independent of me in business. And he didn't say, what the hell are you doing, dumbass? You know, he just said, oh, hold on a minute. Like, what do you mean you're just not going to show up? Like, you're just not going to have an episode? And I said, yeah. And he said, so are you going to tell them? And I said, no. And I understand how this sounds. Like the biggest like recipe for disaster for any business right? For anything. I, and I told you, I don't make money from this podcast. I actually spend money on it. But for any endeavor, I said, I get it, honey. There are sometimes things that only I will understand about my life. And I'm the only one that I have to answer to. And I know you don't get it. And I know you mean the best, but I, I, I'm not doing it. Okay. This is where I tell the truth. <laughs> the truth is I actually got triggered and I snapped at him and I got really angry and really upset. And I threw a tantrum like a toddler. That's the truth, right? Our shit comes up. I felt threatened. I felt unheard, unseen, unappreciated. I felt stifled. And that triggered feelings from my childhood. And so I got very angry and said, I'm not talking about this. This is not your podcast. It is mine. You've had nothing to do with it. It's my thing. Blah, 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 blah. Just, just don't ask me about it. And you don't get any opinion. I was not nice. I'm sorry, honey. And I made that decision and then he just uh, said nothing after that, of course, who would? And it went into the next week and then the next week. So I actually on June 20th started, I started to record so that something would come last week for you. I, I couldn't do it. I felt physically great. I could not make it happen. It was just like forcing something. If someone said to you, okay, sneeze, I couldn't do it. It wasn't because, oh, I don't want to, it's going to be so hard. I, I was like, this is not, I, I can't do it. It's completely out of alignment for me. And I didn't know why. I didn't understand why. But one of the things that came to me recently is that it was important for this to happen so I could tell you about it. 
It was important for this to happen for me to not show up. I spent years, I actually have PTSD from my years in network marketing slash direct sales, you know, multi-level marketing. Great business, so many great things and gifts came from it. Yes, 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 yes. And for me personally, because of my past and childhood and wounds that I had not recognized and trauma I didn't even know I had, network marketing put me into into a perpetual fight or flight state and into chasing goals and chasing attention and rescuing everybody and taking care of everybody and 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 doing work for other people that was their work and trying to bubble wrap people and really like taking on their business karma for myself which I've done with my own kids as you know I've been open about that and you know I showed up in that business as I was right so because of that, I do have some, I'll call it PTSD. So what started happening is as I let go and I didn't show up, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm okay. I'm even okay if they never listen again. I- I'm okay. I-, I don't owe them anything. I-, I love that they're listening. I appreciate that so much. My God, yes, there are so many podcasts out there and these people have given this a chance and you can't just listen to one episode, right? There are people that... When you listen to a podcast, you usually have to listen to three to five episodes to know if you're in. And so thank you for that. I don't take that lightly. But as I said, you know, when I started the podcast and you you even hear me say in the intro that, you know, my journey is going to be used as a roadmap if you want it. And I will always be myself. If this is not called be her, then I have to be me. And if I'm not me, who, well, who am I to be talking to you about being you? I have to be myself. And so that was me being myself. That was me truly honoring myself, not just getting by and doing the best I could in the moment, which that's okay too, but truly honoring me and my journey. So that's why I haven't been here. So this episode is finding me in a place where I don't even, I can't even recall the month of May very well. It was that much of a fog. But something beautiful happened in May that I'd like to share with you. So at the end of the month, the 31st of May was my eight-year anniversary to my husband. It's a second marriage for him and me. And, you know, I want to stay in the present, but I also, if you don't know that, want to tell you that. That's significant. It was our eight-year anniversary. We have blended a family of five kids together. They're right now ages 23 down to 17. And it's interesting because as we approached the anniversary, I realized that When I came through that illness, whatever that was, it was my version of a very intense ayahuasca ceremony because I'm not the same person. I shed so much during that sickness. And I know it's going to sound really weird to some of you. Others listening are going to say, yeah, totally get it. Some of you will say that's bullshit. It's okay. I personally know that, that that illness that I had was there was something major going on with me energetically and spiritually. Whatever, if it was connected to the eclipse or not, I believe it was, but if it was or wasn't, something really big transformed in me. And it's not because I was saying, oh, I need a transformation. I I keep asking God to up-level me and I keep asking God, not so I can be a better person, right? But so I can be the real me. And I'm open to shedding layers, no matter how hard it is bumping up against things that really hurt and cut me. And I'm okay with it because at the end of the day, I have such strong faith and believe that God is in control and not me. And I'm flowing with the river instead of trying to swim against it. And I'm flowing with the river without 
you know, anything to hold on to. And it's scary as shit sometimes. I really am at that place in my life. And so when I approached my wedding anniversary, I realized how much left me when I was sick. Now, you know how everything is a cumulative effect, right? You know, it's the law of compounding averages, right? It's this, this little by little by little by little progress over time. And all of a sudden you see a big result. I don't believe that it all happened while I was sick. Oh, all this, you know, I believe that the work that I've been doing that, you know, I haven't personally shared everything with you that I've been doing with my own coach. You know, I have a coach that I've paid that I work with now named Sigrid. You know, that my spirit healer, Violet, the work I do with her, the work I've been doing with Monique, learning the singing roles and learning about vocal activation and learning about frequency and sound and how that impacts our cells and our chakras and our trauma that's trapped in our body. Like that stuff that I've been doing has been no fucking joke. And so I realized that the sickness that I had wasn't, it didn't do it all. It was like the final shebang. Like it was, did I say shebang? What have that? Shebang, shebang. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, whatever it is, the final like piece to really push me through what I said I was willing to go through. So the work that I've been doing behind the scenes that you don't know about, and you're doing a lot of work too, I know. And don't compare yourself. If you say, I'm not doing any of that, you're doing your, your work. If you're on this podcast and you listen, you are. So I realize that the work I was doing, like, you know, I put things on a shelf and created an altar for healing for one of my children. And I would go every day to that altar and I would offer something to the altar to the healing of that child and for my relationship with that child. And I was journaling and I was dancing and, you know, so a lot of stuff behind the scenes. When I walked into my wedding anniversary, that day carries a lot of pain. I've shared it on uh, previous episodes, you know, where I wasn't myself. I wasn't true to myself. I, my, my mother-in-law-to-be made a snarky comment about how I shouldn't be wearing a white wedding dress, so I didn't wear one. They totally disapproved of our union, our relationship, um, and they were so against divorce that they weren't going to come to the wedding. So my husband asked me to not invite anybody. And instead of saying, no, I'm not doing that, I said, sure, no problem. And we didn't have anyone else there. So there's a lot of stuff attached to that. And then the anniversaries, because of that, right, I had resentment and I would have expectations. In other words, it's like he had to make up for all of that. Think about the pressure he probably felt every anniversary. And he always let me down because my expectations were so high because I was expecting him to do my healing work, right? So when I walked into this anniversary on May 31st, after taking care of the other two and then myself being so incredibly sick for two weeks and then having a week of brain fog and fatigue, the 31st came along and I'm like, you know what? I didn't have a conscious thought of, oh, let me. Just what came to me was, I'm going to do something for him that I've been wanting him to do for me. What would I want him to do for me where I wouldn't be disappointed? And I would thought to myself, I want something romantic. That's not his strong suit, right? I want something romantic where it's like physically you can see that effort was made. And so I decided that I was going to have dinner at home just with him something that should be very normal for a couple who is almost at the empty nest stage, but it's not for us. And I decided that I was going to have a very, very romantic setting. And then my ego would come up and go, oh, that's cheesy. That's silly. He's not going to like that. And I started feeling silly and embarrassed. I'm like, nope, I'm over that shit. That's not who I am anymore. And so I dressed up in a really pretty dress. You know, I mean, I had like high heels and 
if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I had my breast implants removed. So my boobs are like a fourth of the size of what they used to be. And this dress required like no bra, wore no bra. And I really made myself look really pretty. And I felt very just free in what I was wearing. The dress was very like sexy and uh, silky and like loose and kind of bohemian. My hair was big and just like I left it down and it was it's naturally wavy in the humidity and just put a little bit of makeup on, not much. And I wore high heels with a dress, which I would never do with a dress that's like to my knee. Never. I did that. And I didn't do it for him necessarily. I was also doing it for me because I was embodying the real me that has been, you know, sort of like excavated after that sickness and with all this cumulative work. So we had a romantic dinner at our house on our back porch. I had candles everywhere. It was like a, it was like a version of what you would see on that show, The Bachelor, like a really romantic setting that you might see in a movie. But here's the funny thing. The old me, the perfectionist me, it would have looked amazing. Like I'm talking like Martha Stewart approved. You know, it would have been perfection. I mean, like 50 candles, they all would have been beautiful and matching colors and da da da. It would have been, and I'm like, that's not who I am anymore. I don't have to do that. I just grabbed whatever candle I had in my damn house and I lit it. Whatever it was, didn't matter. And I had them all over the deck. And there were probably only like 10. And um, instead of putting pressure on myself to make food, I got food from a place that he loves, but then I also made him go get it. Now, it may not sound like a big deal, but can you relate to this? Any of you relate to this? this old perfectionist overachiever would have said, no, I have to do it all because I also need and want to get all the credit. <laughs> nope. I said, hey, I'm, I have food ordered. In fact, actually, I said, look at the menu and pick what you want. So I gave the secret away and surprise away and said, go pick it up and then I'll be ready when you get here. I had music playing and the candles and champagne. And I also had like a little cocktail made for us. And we sat down and had the most amazing dinner. And then the gift I gave him was another example of growth. And again, I'm not saying this because I think you need to know the ins and outs of my life or that, oh, look what I did. Look at me. This is not a look at me. This is a experience this with me and ask yourself, how do you feel? How does this feel in your body when you think about this? When I say these words, would you do this? Yes or no. Maybe you don't need to do this. Maybe there's another version of this that you're afraid of and that you're, you're shying away from. And what that is, is being seen. Are you willing to be seen by your partner in all your glory with all of your, when I say glory, I mean all your flaws. Are you willing to really be seen? Because many times I have not been able to or willing to. And one reason we are not willing to be seen isn't just our own shit, but it's our resentment we have towards our partner. So I was willing to be seen. I was willing to not be perfect. I was willing to be messy. I was willing to be vulnerable and transparent. But vulnerable means you're open and you're willing to get hurt. Like I was willing to be seen and vulnerable. What if he doesn't like this? What if he thinks it's silly? What if he thinks it's cheesy? What if he thinks this or that? And I, I did it anyway. And the gift I gave him was right in alignment with that. You know, so to give a photograph of yourself to your partner, to me, that's just weird. <laughs> to me, that's like, who would do that? Some egotistical, I mean, who would do that? Or I would think, who's that confident? Not me. But I had a picture from a photo shoot I had done for the podcast that I remember him saying he really liked. But the most important thing 
is that I had a sweatshirt on that said love heels. I actually don't love the picture of myself. I don't think I look great in it. I'm in a sweatshirt and jeans and it just says love heels. In fact, that's the picture I'm going to use for this episode. So you've probably seen it if you're listening. So that picture, I had it matted and framed in a big, gorgeous frame. And then I also had matted and framed his favorite word to describe a relationship, which is ineffable. I had never heard of that word before. We always joke that his, his vocabulary is like 10 times the size of mine. He doesn't say that, but I'll say that. So ineffable. And even right before opening them, I'm like, oh shit, I should just give him the ineffable one, not my picture. How weird. I'm giving him a picture of myself and it's not even a great picture. What am I doing? And as soon as he opened up the picture of me, he cried because he saw me. He got it. I mean, that's what your children want from you. That's what your partner wants from you. That's what your friends want from you. That's what God wants from you. That's what you want from you. To love yourself enough to let yourself be vulnerable and be seen and to have all of you seen and to feel good about that, even if you don't like what you see. It was the best night of our entire marriage. Best night of our marriage. It was so much fun. We danced. Our kids, a couple of our kids stopped by and said happy anniversary. And it was literally for sure, 100% the best night of our entire eight years, including the dating months before that. We thought that was pretty good. And the reason is obvious to you, I'm sure. Because it was tender, because it was raw, because it wasn't perfect. It wasn't contrived. It was just us. But it also wasn't complacency. It wasn't, well, anniversary, let's not make a big deal out of it. I made a big deal out of it. But I made a big deal out of it without trying to be perfect or get fancy and perfect and make it, you know, loud. And giving him what I've always wanted him to give me and what I've resented that he hasn't given me was the biggest gift to me. It felt so good. I enjoyed it so much. I genuinely did. Now, I know that that would not have happened had I not gone through what I had just gone through and and the work that I told you I've been doing behind the scenes. I don't just pretend on this podcast. I don't stand up here and go, well, look at me. Let me tell you, do this or do that. I'm not trying to coach you. I'm not coaching you. I'm sharing with you what works for me, what doesn't work for me. I'm sharing the truth of my life and my story. And I'm only willing to suggest to you what I've walked through myself. And I am telling you that after that happened, I'll share that I I had a session with my coach and I said to her, I know what they mean when they talk about heaven on earth. I, I get it. My circumstances have not changed. But the way I see life, the way I see every person, the way I see my husband, my children, everything is different. It's like a veil was lifted. It is difficult for me to describe, but it's like all I see is love. I mean that. I still get triggered, right? I just had a little argument with my daughter the other day. I just had hormonal stuff a few days ago where I started a really, really period, which was so difficult. I was bleeding so much and had so much pain. I was angry. I'm like, I thought I finally got into menopause. What the hell? I'm so mad about this. Why do I feel like this? You know, all that's still happening. And yet, nothing but bliss. My husband and I have had a couple arguments. Nothing but bliss. We got disconnected after we never thought we could be more connected in our lives. 
right? After the anniversary, we had a period where we were disconnected and we weren't getting along. And he's like, what's going on with you? I'm like, I don't know. Still, heaven on earth. Different than I've ever said on this podcast before, though. You might say, haven't you said that before? Not to this degree. Why? Because you and I, when you're healing, right? You're not adding on more and more. You're taking away. You are shedding. You're an onion peeling another layer and another layer and another layer. And I still have so far to go, yet nowhere to get. That's the beautiful feeling. Nowhere to get. I don't have to get to that place to have heaven on earth. I have it now. I have heaven on earth now. And I'm going to keep peeling away and keep shedding and keep excavating. Not because I have to or I need to, but because I want to and I get to. And you get to too. I told Sigrid, I'm experiencing life in such a new way. I've never been more attracted to my husband. I've never been happier with him. I've never been happier with my relationships with my children. I've never felt better. It's just, this is this is what it's about. And then I took it a step further and I did something really, 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 really scary. And I committed to a breathwork session. You've heard me say that breathwork is scary to me, even though I believe in it so much, with Sigrid. And it was centered around the last piece that I know has been getting away, getting in front of, blocking me from actually writing the damn book I keep saying that I'm going to write. Like, I don't have to write a book, but I know, I know I'm supposed to write a book. I'm certain. There's no question. And I keep blocking myself and not writing. And I said, I know what it is. And she said, I know what it is too. And it was that I still had so much guilt about the past with my children. I mean, all I could see is the negative. All I could see are what I did wrong, what I shouldn't have done and screaming and yelling at them and working all the time and unregulated nervous system and, you know, fight or flight. And just all I can see is a horrible mother, a fucking horrible mother that I ruined years with them and I missed years with them. And that's all I could see. And so our breathwork session was dedicated to that. And it was so powerful and so intense. I was here at my home by myself. My husband was out of town. Nobody was here. And I was scared. And it was really intense. And so much was released. And then after that, I had three full days of lethargy. I mean, I could not, I was actually falling asleep at my lymphatic massage appointment while I was trying to talk to her. Like that's how groggy I was. And so it was a lot. My nervous system was really, really, really exhausted after what happened. And since then, I feel even better than what I just told you I've been feeling. And then what happened is what's going to happen with you. And I know you've probably experienced it a million times is when we are ready for something to be healed, some things will come up to almost say like, prove it. It's not an, it's not an attempting way or in a negative way, but it's really like, if you really want to master this or you really want to let go of this, I'm going to give you a couple of examples, a couple of situations where you get to practice it. And oh shit, I got to practice it. The mom guilt stuff and a few other things. And man, oh man, I'm just feeling so good. So I do want to share with you, if you are one of our loyal listeners, we have so many of you that you don't miss a week. This is probably not going to land very well. You may not feel good when you hear this. Um, I'm taking the rest of the summer off, not because I need a break or this is hard or I need a vacation, because I know for sure, really after some, after the breathwork session and doing some meditation and some other things, I know for sure that me, 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 in this point in my life, I'm certain that I cannot write this book and do the podcast at the same time. Others would say, not a big deal. Yes, you can. I can't. I can't do it the way I know it could be done. I'm not willing to. Every ounce of creativity needs to go to this book. Every bit of that energy 
that I'm sharing with you. I, and you're going to be mad when I tell you this, but I have like 20 ideas for podcast episodes. Like they come to me so often, I cannot shut them down. I have a note section on my phone just full of different things I want to discuss with you and talk about with you and different guests I want to have on. And I need to put it down. And I'm going to start up and be back Monday, September 5th. So June 27th will be the last episode for a little while. And it's interesting because we've just officially begun summer with the summer solstice. I'm going to really use this summer to also not just write the book, but be revved up and ready to go to be with you September 5th and come back bigger and better than ever. And to have this podcast even levels beyond what it's been. I'm really excited about that. And and you don't owe me anything. You don't ever have to come back, but I hope and pray that you will. I hope that you'll keep sharing this podcast with others. I hope that you will listen to old episodes. I hope that you'll listen to the guests and go follow them. Uh, a dream guest of mine is Dr. Nicole LaPera. Um, I haven't read the book yet, but um, I just started listening to her podcast and I would find it. Um, she's the holistic psychologist on Instagram. And I'm actually going to look up her podcast right now. And the reason I'm sharing it is because, one, I think we should all recommend other people to learn from, right? But I'm just listening now to her podcast for the first time. And you guys, I haven't read her book, but she has a book. And her book and her podcast teach everything we talk about on BU. It's literally everything we talk about. It's it's so good. So I'm on like episode three and I'm obsessed. So I really hope you go find it. Okay, here it is. It's called Self Healers, as in one word, Self Healers Soundboard. I recommend starting with episode one. And then when you come back to me September 5th, you're going to have this strong foundation and what it means to regulate your nervous system. What does it mean to be in fight or flight, freeze or fawn? Why is this important? Why are we our best healer? How can we do that? What is the breath? What does that do? It's everything that we've talked about on BU, but she's teaching it like a masterclass and she's a PhD psychologist. So it's beautiful. So I love you so much. I am more grateful for you than you understand. I have shared things with you that I had never shared before in my life, not with my family, not with my closest friends. I've told you things about my life that have put me in a pretty vulnerable position. I've shared things about my children. Thank you for those of you who know my family for not sharing those with your kids, for not making it so your kid then shows up and says to my kid, oh, I heard you have depression. Like, thank you. Thank you for honoring that, for this as a really sacred space. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for believing in this podcast. Thank you for growing it. I mean, top 100 ever is a dream come true for a podcaster, but a brand new podcaster to reach top 100 in month five in the most competitive category ever, and then to turn around and do it again and again in other categories, it's its crazy. With no like real following on Instagram and no no marketing or anything, it, it is truly miraculous what you have done and what you have turned this podcast into. I've told people who are, you know, experts in the area and they're like, what? Are you kidding? And so that's why it sounds insane to walk away for a little while. You know, the experts will say to me, you've got to be crazy. I'm not. I'm being me. So I'm wishing you so much love, the best of health. I want you to know that I don't take lightly this relationship we have. I'm so excited for Monday, September 5th. And I hope you'll keep me 
um, in your prayers and sending me love as I do the scariest thing I've ever done whatsoever. And that is to write my book on motherhood called Bad Mother. Okay, remember, breathe, love yourself, and surrender. I'll see you soon.